This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Across the UK, online, on DAB, and on your smart speaker, the Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Good morning and welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk Radio. Well, welcome back to the oasis of calm on Talk Radio in a sea of what can only be described as madness. McDonald's closes its doors today around the world, as does Pret-a-Manger and Costa Coffee. Pretty soon, there will be nowhere left to go. And you'd have to wonder if the supermarkets are far behind. Of course, there are still uh, lots of numpties queuing up to buy stuff. There are now people going into DIY stores and queuing up to buy stuff. And no matter where you look, everywhere in the country, it would seem that the supermarkets are full of complete idiots. All weekend, despite pleadings and warnings from the government and assorted health officials, hundreds of thousands of people ventured out of their homes into public parks, public spaces and local markets. In London alone, I saw thousands of people wandering about on Hampstead Heath and there were even more in Richmond Park, including hundreds of cyclists who seem to think it's a great idea for them to all coagulate together as if they're some kind of super fit version of human beings. In Victoria Park, there were hundreds queuing at food stalls and mingling without keeping the safe and recommended distance away from each other. Uh, and if anybody says to me, well, what were you doing out and about then? I was out and about because I am actually doing a public service by seeing what is going on and reporting it on a national radio programme. I was also not out of my car. I was also not standing next to anybody. I was also not queuing up for anything, OK? Snowdonia had one of its busiest weekends ever as people flocked to the National Park in their thousands. Uh, I took to Twitter yesterday afternoon and said that this was absolute nuts and madness. Loads of people disagreed with me and said, oh, well, what's the problem? Of course you could go out and about. It's good to be out in the open air. Well, apparently that was all wrong, wasn't it? Because you got it completely wrong. As a result, uh, the parks are now closing up and down the country and it's not before time. Surely a full-blown lockdown is on its way. You'd have to ask the question, are these people irresponsible or just plain stupid? 0344 499 1000 is the number. And as ever, we have a host of great guests to help you work through today's news, which will include the emergency powers bill being voted on in Parliament this afternoon. And that's another thing. If I hear anybody complaining about the fact that, oh, look what the government's trying to turn us into a dictatorship. Well, if there's enough stupid people out there, I'm afraid that is bound to be the inevitable result. As ever, we also want to hear from you. What you're seeing, what you're hearing, how people are behaving around you, and just how you are coping uh, with the situation so far. 0344 499 1000. And if you did go out for the weekend and you did mingle with lots of other people, I'd like to hear from you. I'd like to know what your justification for doing it was, and I'd like to know whether you're going to stop doing it. Of course, as usual, we're live streaming on YouTube, on Facebook, and on Twitter. So get on that so you can watch us as well as listening to us. You're listening to me, Mike Graham, right here on the fastest growing radio station in the world. It is, of course, Talk Radio. Mid morning with Mike Graham. 
Talk Radio. Now, there's much to catch up on since the last time we spoke, which was, of course, on Friday, because ever since then, the one quote, I think, from the weekend that has resonated the most with me comes from the First Minister of Scotland, that's Nicola Sturgeon, who basically said, if you don't feel as if anything's changed in your life, if your life is completely normal, you might need to ask yourself the question as to whether you are actually following the guidelines properly, because you are clearly not. Because my life certainly wasn't normal at the weekend, and I think most people listening to this show probably did not have a normal weekend either. But let's talk to Professor uh, Carol Sikora, former Chief of the Cancer Programme at the World Health Organisation, Dean of Medicine at the University of Buckingham. We spoke to the Professor last week, uh, who was very much a voice of sanity, a voice of reason, uh, and someone who understands that, yes, these measures need to be done, but in order to keep everybody sane, you don't have to go completely bonkers mad. Professor, a very good morning to you. Good morning. Thank you so much for joining us once again. Last time you were on the show, people were very impressed with your kind of calmness and your general um, demeanour. Um, has anything changed since then? Do you see any reason why we need to be more alarmed than we, say, were a week ago? No, I think the most alarming thing is exactly what you've just said, that people are not... A certain group of people, whoever they are, are just not obeying the advice. Yeah. And the advice is important, and it will be imposed. We will have military rule coming if, yeah. it, if it's not imposed. It's the only sensible thing to do. The powers will be enacted this week, and the military are ready to do it. That would mean roadblocks. You need to, to go somewhere. You need to have a certificate of purpose or a key worker permit. It's all doable. It becomes wartime Britain again. And there's no need for that if people would be sensible. And yes. Uh, on the whole, most people are. Uh, you know, it's the majority are sensible. It's a lovely day. It's a lovely day out there today. It's okay to go in your garden. It's okay to take the dog for a walk, not as a group, but on your own. Just go for a walk, maybe with whoever you live with. Yeah. If they're infected, you're infected. So you know, you have to accept the fact that your partner and you are acting like one. Uh, but not to congregate. Not to go to fish and chip shops on the seaside. Right. Not to go up Snowdonia when you're. You know, I, I've been up there on these sponsored walks, and it gets so crowded up there. Uh, so I think just being sensible. About yeah, it. but that's the thing. It seems to me that there are, there are people out there who are either being deliberately obtuse because they feel somehow they're not going to be affected by it, which might be true, uh, because I still believe that very many people who get this disease will not die from it, uh, and many will, will, will have a bad time, and they might not feel very well, but they'll be fine, and they will not, uh, you know, become one of the casualties. But they seem to not be able to work out the difference between going out for a walk and mingling with other people. That's absolutely right. And, you know, a walk means that you're away from everybody yeah. if you go to the right place. And you can sit in the sun, open the balcony, open the window uh, and sit in the lovely sun this morning. But do not go and congregate. Supermarkets round here, my wife tells me they've got it right. They, they, everyone's spaced out yeah. and they're not bad. And the panic buying, which has been ridiculous, seems to have died down. People realise... It seems to have died down a bit. Way. But don't you think after today, though, if, for example, it becomes clear and many people seem to be saying this now, both in politics and in health, if there is going to be a proper lockdown that's going to come, people will go, go out and do more panic buying, won't they? I suspect there'll be a second round, like second rounds of uh, virus. Yes. You get a second round of Second round buying. of idiots. And it, it's really important to look after each other and mm. therefore older people that can't get out and about that receive the letter, uh, the 1.5 million people that re receive the letter mm. have pre-existing medical conditions and on the whole will be older. They need looking after. Not everyone's got relatives. Not everyone's got a family. And although there, may, there are social barriers, you may not know who uh, a lady living on her own is, 
do it. Just give her a call, knock on the door, say hello through the window and say, do you want anything? And just go and get it. Yes, absolutely. uh, It brings out the best in society. Well, it does. And there are some great things happening in society. There are some amazing people who are helping other people. Uh, there are lots of, of, of organisations now who are helping. I've seen lots of stuff on social media uh, of people like making food for elderly people and taking it round to them, but being very careful at the same time not to go too close to them. You know, there's a great deal of good going on, actually. Absolutely. And, um, you know, a lot of older people are socially isolated anyway without this. And this just increases dramatically their sense of social isolation and they may not understand it all what's going on why is this happening it can't be that bad mm. and the, the good news the good news what you said earlier that 95 percent of people uh, that get uh, coronavirus will actually come through it quite easily and come out the other end and wonder what the fuss is about and that's great but one in 20 will have difficulties and a small percentage will actually die from it. Now, we hope that the small percentage that die will be those that would have died anyway because they have conditions that they're coming to the end of their lives. And that is not, it's sad, but it's not as bad as uh, 500,000 deaths, which was Quite. predicted uh, a week ago. Yes, so, and what do you say to those people who are being critical of the Prime Minister, which I think is unfair in my view, because... Completely I, unfair. I think, what else could he do? Well, what also, also yeah. there's no... There's one of the things that I find interesting is that, you know, people who are um, critical of him say, oh, you know, lockdown was the case in Spain, it was in Italy, they locked it all down in Germany much much earlier. There's no evidence yet that that's actually stopped it spreading. No. And the interesting Korea, which is over it now, uh, there was no real lockdown. And there was a voluntary lockdown, which is what the gov- current government is attempting to do, just keep away from crowds. And there they managed it and they're through it. A number of new cases have dropped precipitously. It's over in Korea. They still got to clear up the mess afterwards, obviously. I mean, the medical mess of mm. people that are ill. But uh, they'll get through that now. Right. Uh, and they're doing well. China, the same. There's been no new cases in Wuhan, the epicenter of this whole problem uh, since last Wednesday. No new cases from locals there. So that's just tremendous news. There's, there's uh, you know, silver clouds, <laughs> silver lining at the end of the, the road. I can see the rainbow coming and the weather's going to get better. And we'll all get through this together. Uh, and I think it's important just not to panic and uh, follow the advice. Yes, I think that's absolutely right. And clearly, if people like McDonald's are shutting down, then that's going to mean, I think, anyway, um, that an awful lot of other food outlets will eventually close. There's not too many of them left open now anyway. Um, I'm wondering if at some point, um, if there is a lockdown, that the, the supermarkets will have to limit their um, hours of shopping. That's the worry. And uh, can we, can, what can we do? Well, obviously, people have stockpiled, and we know that. There's good evidence of that. The other thing we can look at is home delivery service, delivery service, where you leave it on the door. The military are poised to be able to do that for those that are, can't get out anyway. Uh, and uh, the, the, a bit of imagination, we can get through this, delivering parcels with food in it, uh, with fruit, with all sorts of things. It's easy to do. We already have supermarket delivery services, so they exist. So the mechanism at night to go around the supermarket, often with robotic computers, to pick packs to put into the lorries to to drive around from all the main supermarkets, we've got these mechanisms in place. So uh, we don't have to change the world to get this going very quickly for everybody. And as far as, um, you know, the policy of the government is concerned and the way that they've done this, the reason I think that they've done it right is because they have done it by degree rather than by doing it all at once. Absolutely. If you 
you know, the, the ultimate is, as I mentioned earlier, military lockdown. Yeah. Military police, that's it. You can't leave your street. If you're out there, uh, you can be, uh, well, if arresting people is not going to work, but you can certainly be told to get out, go back. Yeah. And uh, that's what would happen. Uh, we don't want to get to that point. We want people to do this voluntarily. And uh, there's no reason why most of us should, shouldn't do that. Uh, obviously, key workers have got nurses in hospitals have got to get to work if we're going to continue with treatment. I mean, for example, my specialty, cancer, it's important people continue to have chemotherapy. We can't lock up the nurses that deliver it or the radiographers yeah. that deliver radiotherapy. So it's important we don't have to get to that level of a, a military-controlled country. And we don't need to. Korea could do it. We can do it. Absolutely right. And what about, I saw you tweeting about the, the, the cancer situation, and you're obviously former chief of the cancer programme of the WHO, so you know a bit about this. Um, is there any reason for anyone who is in a, a vulnerable situation with cancer, is there any reason for them uh, to change anything that they're doing? Well, for some patients, it may be better if they haven't started chemotherapy or radiotherapy to delay it just because they're at risk mm. because the chemotherapy and, in some cases, radiotherapy suppress the immune system, making them more susceptible to damage by the coronavirus. That's one thing. But the other thing, has the NHS got the capacity to carry on? So we've got a priority list now from NHS England. Uh, there are category one and two patients who should continue with everything. And the private sector is, is meeting to try and provide a network of private centres to add to the capacity of the NHS. So there's no reason that the majority of patients with cancer should worry. They'll get treated. It may not be in the same place, uh, but they'll get treated. And it's important they do so because cancer doesn't wait. It doesn't stop. And so treating at the right time is, is, is clearly absolutely critical. Yes. So, and, and have you seen any, any changes in the way the virus is spreading that you would be concerned about? I think, you know, it, it's fascinating because the literature now coming in from China, from Korea, and more recently from Italy, um, really shows all sorts of variations. And we, we don't understand it. We don't really understand why Italy was targeted and why did it have it so bad. Um, well, you know, there are uh, those who believe that that's got a connection between uh, China and Italy in the fashion business. There's an awful lot of northern Italy has a lot of factories right, that, that exactly. manufacture stuff and which there's an, an awful lot of interaction with China. Yeah, and that, that's one possibility. The other thing is Germany. The number of cases in Germany is about the same as the number in Italy, slightly lower, but in the 30,000 level. And yet the death rate is minuscule. It's under 100. Uh, why is that? And uh, what's different? And I suspect it's all to do with the vagaries of testing. So in Britain, you only get tested if you get into hospital for the virus on the whole. Uh, there's no, no one's testing the population as a whole. What we need is to get everybody tested. And so you know if you're clear or not clear of the virus. And to make it even more complex, there are two types of tests. One looks for the virus itself. The other looks for your reaction to the virus, which tells you you've had the virus. So many of us have probably already, well, we know, have already had the virus and don't know it. You've had a bit of sniffles, a bit of a cough, and you've thought nothing off it, just carried on. And you've actually had the virus. Mm. If we could identify those people, they're fine. They're immune. They can do what they like. They can come back to work in the NHS because they're, they're clear. Right. And if we can pick that up, uh, quickly with what we call point-of-care testing. So you just get the result immediately. You don't send it off to a lab.
And that would just be tremendous. And a lot of efforts going into that. And I admire the government and the strategy they're taking for point-of-care testing for what's called antibody testing for, for the virus, yeah. to see if people have had it. Yes, that, that is the most important test, it seems to me. How far away do you think we are from getting that? It's already operational in China mm -hmm. and Korea. Right. And uh, so it, it's just a matter of getting it through the system here. Uh, the U.S. have got it now. Right. They were starting today, the 23rd. And uh, I, I think that that is a priority for us, to get the antibody test going. So we know if you've had it and you're okay. And is that something that you think would be easily sort of roll-outable, if you like, so if, that people could... you can just get a, a small kit... Uh, you can do it on your own. Okay. I mean, that would be the ultimate. Yes. Like a pregnancy test. You get it from, not that I do pregnancy tests on myself, but, you know. Well, you it's allowed now, apparently, because you never know. Yeah, exactly. In these days of gender neutrality, what can I say? <laughs> Professor Carol Sikora, thank you very much indeed. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to no. bring something like this to life. And yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend <laughs> that I don't right Hold now. it in. Hold on. And our current faves. And Luffy must have his due. <laughs> Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. Oof. I remember, what was that? <laughs> say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. We're going to go back to China, back to Wuhan, uh, where all of this started all those weeks ago, um, back in sort of January time, I suppose, when we first spoke to Andrew, uh, who's our correspondent in Wuhan. He works in the finance business, but he also does a little bit of DJing on the side. Andrew, very good morning to you. Welcome back. Hey, Mike. Good to talk to you again. Thanks very much indeed for, uh, for for being available to talk to us. I was surprised that you were still there, actually, because I, I was under the impression that most British people in Wuhan had been flown back on one of those flights uh, and then put into quarantine back here. Yeah, um, after the second flight left, um, myself and my wife, we were 
kind of questioning whether or not we'd make the right decision. Um, she's, as I mentioned before, I mean, she's pregnant, which complicates things. Yeah. Um, I sort of didn't want to um, abandon our family here. I mean, we've got, um, you know, I've got mother-in-law, grandma, sister-in-law and everything. Um, and then it was, yeah, I mean, it was, it was a tough decision. And like I said, after the second flight left, we were like, have we just made the worst decision of our lives mm. not getting on that flight, you know? But then it's just kind of weird how it's all turned out. Now here is actually much better and it's everywhere else that's getting bad. So, you know, it's just, it was, you know, it's just luck, I guess, that we, we decided to stay, you know? Right. And so did you stay inside the house then? Because obviously you were, you were under more or less martial law at one point there. So what was it like and how long did you have to stay in? Well, we, we still have. So uh, we, we still have lockdown here. I mean, so the situation is um, we've been under lockdown for about two months now, um, which involves staying in the house. Um, you're only allowed to go down to get grocery deliveries. So maybe a couple of times a week, you have to wear a mask. That's compulsory. You go, you get called to go down. So there's, there's not a crowd of people. There's very few people. Everyone stands a few meters apart and you can collect your groceries and then you can go back upstairs. So that's been the situation here for a couple of months. Um, now, very slowly over the last week or so, they've, been, they've started lifting restrictions. So um, I actually went out today, amazingly. The only other time I've been out throughout this whole thing was we, we had to go to the hospital to do a, for my wife to get a checkup. Mm -hmm. But um, I actually went out properly uh, just on my own uh, today to go to the shop. I had to show my passport. I did a temperature check at the gate and I just went out for 10 minutes. I just bought some stuff and bought some drinks and snacks and I came back. So that's the situation now. Um, I mean, the general consensus online is that it's all fake news and there's millions of people dying here and it's all a cover up. Um, but I mean, two months ago, things here were dire. You know, there were a lot of people dying. You know, we had friends of the family who died. Um, everyone was very stressed. Everyone was freaking out about it. The same way people are in the UK now. Um, but, you know, they instigated this very extreme lockdown. Um, and, you know, no one's left their house for two months. So, you know, when you when you have a situation like that, there's only so far the virus can spread, you know. It can only spread to people that you're in the house with, you know. So, I mean, it has been effective, yeah. you know. Um, yeah, because a lot of people are asking I mean, the not, question, a lot of people, sorry for interrupting, a lot of people are asking the question whether it's not working in places like Spain and Italy, um, but I wonder whether it's because they didn't lock people down soon enough, and if that's the case, then maybe we didn't lock people down soon enough either. Yeah, it's open to debate, isn't it? I yeah. mean, I think once you lock people down, there's only so far the virus can spread. So long as it's like an extreme lockdown, which, you know, can you do that? the same way they can here in Europe um I don't know and also like China's set up for it really because everyone here lives in in communities where there's you know several buildings in one community um like in our community there's like three gates so they close two of the gates and then there's just one gate open and that's the drop-off point for groceries and it's also the, the they can control people going in and out so it makes it, uh, it makes it easier and also with the you know the culturally here People are much more used to just kind of like doing what they're told, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah. 
yeah, it makes it much easier, you know. And so you um, managed to avoid getting it, um, I, pres I presume, did you? You know what? I, I feel like, you know what? I feel like I've had it because, um, you know, I had like a dry cough for about two or three weeks. My wife had some symptoms as yeah. well. Um, obviously, I mean, the, the stats everywhere are not to be, you know, not to be believed. I mean, obviously, you know, um, obviously there is fake data coming out of China, economic data and the like. But, you know, in terms of the stats, the coronavirus stats, I mean, you know, we can only go on what, we, what we're told. Um, I think everywhere in the world, a lot more people are infected than the, the stats would have you believe. Um, I mean, what I would say is in terms of the number of new cases statistic, which comes out every day and has been, you know, zero for the last few days, that number um, will determine whether or not we're allowed properly out of lockdown. So we are dependent on that number being real. So the authorities here, they're not going to let people out based on a number that they themselves know is fake, right? So, you know, we have to trust that that number is real. I mean, in terms of the number of, the overall number of, um, you know, infected cases, I'm sure it's much higher than than the actual, the stats would have you believe, you know? Yes, and interesting, interestingly you know, enough, someone, sorry, yeah. I'm just going to, there's a slight delay on the phone, so, so yeah. I'll let you come back to me. Because the interesting thing is, if in fact more people are affected and more, more people are infected, the actual um, fatality rates look better because, in a way, it means that fewer people are dying as a percentage of those that are getting it. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, um, there is, um, again, there's a lot of debate over this. I think the more people that have immunity, the better. I mean, you know, I, I hope that I've had it, you know. I hope I've had it. I hope my wife's had it. Um, I, I don't hope that people with, you know, diabetes who are, you know, suffering from other health conditions get it, you know. I mean, it's a really tough one. It's a really difficult one for governments to manage, you know. So, um, but, you know, the, the, this, this, this lockdown we've had here does show that, you know, extreme measures uh, can be effective, Yes, and how? Um, and how? Just final, I mean, final we're, question we're, for yeah. you, Andrew. How did you? How did you pass the time? Because a lot of people here are struggling with that because they've never had to do anything like this before. Um, you've obviously had to do it for quite a long time. So how do you do it? Well, you know, I'm quite lucky because I've got a running machine in my house, um, and um, I've got some dumbbells. So I, I was just kind of like when it all kicked off. You know, I was obsessed with staying healthy and, and um, keeping my immune system strong. So I was, you know, working out all the time. Um, and, you know, you can work out. You don't have to have a running machine, right? You can do other stuff um, to, to, to keep fit in the house. There's a lot you can do. Mm. Um, and then, you know, obviously, you've just sort of watched every movie under the sun. And, um, you know, a lot of... Um, cooking and cleaning so yeah it was all very exciting yeah tremendous stuff well listen i'm glad to hear you're thriving andrew well done uh, we'll keep in touch and we'll talk to you again soon that's andrew in wuhan let's talk to eric who's in king's lynn uh, up in norfolk hello eric yeah hello mike how are you doing yeah not so bad mate not so bad good man are you are you are you coping with it all uh, yeah, I'm managing to. Yeah, I'm, I'm expecting me to let from the NHS anytime soon, so I'll be staying in 
for the next three months anyway. No, right, OK. Well, I suppose um, you'll be able to get people to bring you stuff to eat and all of that. What's, what's going on in your part of the world? Well, um, um, we seem to be getting a load of the Range Rover Brigade as uh, people of uh, one of the MPs down in Cornwall has been complaining about it. But the self-same thing's happening in Norfolk. I mean, it's a beautiful part of the world. Yeah. And uh, we've get, we're getting second home Have you got a lot of sort of Londoners coming up there or something? Well, I'm a Londoner anyway. I moved up here 13 years ago, but I think I've been accepted now, just about. Right. And so, I mean, in terms of the numbers of... I mean, you probably don't know the answers to this, but in terms of the numbers of second-home owners up there, how, how, how would you say... What, how do you say it breaks down? Uh, well, on the, in, along the coastal villages, along the North, North, North Norfolk coast... Yeah. You're probably talking about 70% of homes there are second homes. Oh, really? So it's a lot of people, then? Yeah. Uh, the village I live in, which is Docking, uh, it used to be... Only about 30% were second homes. Right. I would think it's getting close to 50% now. Right, wow. And, I mean, does that bother you? Or do you, I mean, I mean presumably no, I they're mean, good for the economy, I mean, aren't they? They're, they're vital for the local economy, which, yeah. I, which I get. But it's just, um, usually they come up here and they get their right Waitrose del delivery. But obviously, <laughs> Waitrose deliveries are probably not, not that easy to get at the moment. So... Our lo our, we've got a little local spa shop in the village, which is a fa which is a fantastic little shop for the local community. Yeah, all right. And how is it, how is it getting food and stuff at the moment? Is it all right? Uh, difficult. My, I mean, my wife uh, has just been out uh, into Kings Lynn. Marks and Spencers were pretty good. Yeah. As there was like a war zone. Right. But. Uh, I mean, it was it's stupid things. You're, you're talking about the crowds of people, mm. you know, milling at Snowdonia and that. And my wife went to the local butchers on Saturday. Right. Now, she's trying to do the sensible thing. I mean, it's a local butchers. You know, it, it's it's been like Christmas. Uh, the, the guy behind the ramp in the butchers said to her, I mean, they're having probably their... They've had their best week for ages. Right. But she's trying to, like, stay away, just order what she's ordering. But there were second homeowners, like, just completely oblivious, standing next to her, and she's, you know, and she's trying to move away, and it's just... Some people just don't get it. No, they just don't. And they can't be buying all of this stuff that they need to buy. I mean, the story is that there's a billion pounds worth of extra stuff in everybody's homes since last week, because that's how much money's been spent in the supermarkets, right? Now, they can't possibly have room for all of that. Apparently, you can't buy a freezer now either, because everybody's buying freezers to put all the stuff in that they've bought. That, that, I mean, one of, one of the local electrical chains here, a store called Hughes, supposedly they had 100 in stock and sold out in a day. Yeah. You know, I mean, I I just cannot believe when how people people are selfish. I they mean, really it's, are. It's the society we live in now, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, somebody's going to have to stop them from being selfish, I'm afraid, Eric, because there are other people who also need stuff who I know can't get their hands on it because they're unable to go at a time when their stuff is actually on the shelves. Let's talk to Sasha in Sunderland. Hi, Sasha. Hello, Mike. Hello, how are you doing? I'm fine, I'm fine. Good. I'm one of your, I think, number one fans, where I've phoned you for the first time. Well, very, very nice of you to do so. Welcome. Oh, you saved me from LBC. <laughs> <laughs> I'm delighted. Are you? Oh, yes, yes. Um, I'm high risk. 
I've got uh, asthma, heart problems, diabetes, 28 years. I do have quite poor health. Mm. My parents are high risk as well. I haven't seen them for over 10 days now. Right. Um, they're 86, so they're quite elderly. Mm. At first, when my brother said he blocked the doors, I said, how dare you? I'm going to break the window when I come <laughs> and see mum. And then I thought, I realised he's only saying it for them. You know, one of the things I rang for you about is that my son, he's 16, right. and obviously he was going to do his exams this year. Yes, mine too. I mean, I have never seen children so upset about not seeing I know, <laughs> I know. I think mine were quite sort of confused about the whole idea that they, they're not going to be at school now, probably until September. Well, he said, Mum, I've worked for 12 years in school and I'm getting, what for? I said, well, son, you've got good predicted grades and that's the only positive thing that I could say to him. That yes. If you hadn't worked hard those 12 years, you would have had bad predicted grades. Yes. Now, those predicted grades are going to give you, because they go off what they've done in all of their school life. It's not as if they're going to just plunk a number out of the air. No, exactly. So I and I think also, yeah. Sasha, they're going to take into account, um, because we're telling our son, basically, that he has to keep working and doing his homework and all the stuff that's out there because they'll be using some of that as a measurement as well. Oh, mine said he's not going to do it. Well, tell him he you needs to. Really want to. Yeah, you know what I really want you about, though? Go on. He's had two panic attacks. Now, last night he was up again at half two, racing heart. His whole body was shaking. Wow. And I think with me being high risk and my parents high risk, it's death. Mm. He's afraid of death. Now, I think for children, I mean, come off it a week or two ago, they could, I mean, he didn't have a room, but he could go wherever he wants. I could go out, everybody. And now we're locked in the houses to an invisible enemy, and it's surrounding us. And all you hear is doom and gloom, don't yeah. you? I mean, like, for the ch and he has, I just don't know what to do about it, because I don't want to put any pressure on the NHS called 111, because obviously they're very busy at this so all I said is that son, I'm taking the measures that I need to take to protect myself. Yeah. I said, you're going to take those measures as well. And I said, that's why we're going to follow the advice. And you know, another thing I wanted to say about stockpiling, what about people who don't have money to stockpile? Because yeah. I didn't have any money to stockpile. Well, do you know, funnily enough, I did an interview with Darren Grimes a couple of weeks ago. Um, who's from your part of the world, right? And he said they're not they're not they're not panic buying in Sunderland up in Durham because they haven't got the money. We haven't got the money to stockpile, and I think like I mean I've got a freezer, but it's empty now because the two times that we did go to get things because my husband works, there was nothing there, mm. there was nothing on the shelves. Now I could I am I can go on the Monday, Wednesday, Fridays for test balls in the morning, but my husband's at work, yeah. so but I don't want to leave the house. I don't think you should. I think you should be very careful. And I think what you can try and do, maybe, uh, Sasha, is if your son's worried about going out and bringing something back into the house, maybe get him to get one of his friends to go shopping for you. Yeah. Well, my, my husband does that, but he can't go at the time. I mean, I could go out that, at the time slot, right. but I haven't got somebody to take me and I'm not mobile. OK. So but we'll get around it. You know what I love, Mike? Your Megan impression. <laughs> oh, my God. oh, nobody asks me how I am. <laughs> oh, my God, you made my day. Well, thankfully, we haven't had to talk about her for a while, but I'm sure she'll have something to say about all this in the time comes. Sasha, this is great to talk to you. Look after yourself. Um, and if you do need any help, just don't hesitate to call us and we'll see if we can get somebody around to do something for you. Let's talk to Cornelius, who's in Swansea. Hello, Cornelius. Mike, how are you today? Good, sir. What can I do for you? Well, um... I, I was out and about yesterday. We had a lovely weather yesterday down in Swansea. It's a lovely day today. It was beautiful and, in London yesterday. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, um, it was like driving round on Christmas Day. Very, very quiet. The roads were quiet. I was expecting a lot of people on the beach because I live near the coast. Uh, very, very quiet because all the coffee bars are closed. Yeah. So I think, you know, the people in my area might be adhering to the that's information good. that's given up by the Prime Minister, you know. That's good to know it's because a, local, a lot of places, local... I mean, Snowdonia was apparently had one of its busiest days ever for people visiting. Uh, I mean, it's just bloody ridiculous. It's mad, isn't it? Um, there's a, there's a local uh, Sainsbury's and Tesco's, the small ones that are open till 11 o'clock at night, you know. Yes. And um, plenty of food in there, plenty of everything in there. People shopping, I think, sensibly. I think, obviously, what I listen to your show, what you see in the news, the big stores are the ones that are getting hit more and more. Yeah. And I think the government should do a lot more, perhaps, if they got if they intended to put the army on the streets or whatever, they should put them on the bloody big stores like, and stop people being fanatically buying. Yeah, it's I like, mean, I'm seeing a lot of pictures from... Go. I'm seeing a lot of pictures from Europe where they're putting things on the ground as to, like, where you should stand because people are too stupid, apparently, to work out how far a metre is from the person in front of them. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, maybe a bit more of that would be good too. Yeah, true, true. But I, I spoke to you last week and I was telling you about if you, if you phoned 111 apparently down in Wales, there was a, a driving centre off the M4 near Swansea where you're gonna, you could be tested if you got this virus, you know. Yeah. And I don't know whether there are there any more of these driving centres set up because there's a lot of people house isolating when they may not even have the virus. Like, right. You know, that, that, that lady that backs up uh, Piers Morgan on ITV. Oh, yes. She's, she's been grounded at home because the son had a cough and a temperature. Susanna Reid. So, yeah, but she may not even have the impact. Well, this is why I was saying to the doctor we had on, the professor earlier, that it would be really good the sooner we can get these uh, kits which will tell us whether we've had it or not, the better, because then if you know you've had it, you're pretty much OK to get back into the community. Yeah, yeah, but the last thing, Mike, before I go... go on. Um, this uh, this blanket effect, or about shutting everything down. Like I spoke to you, like I spoke to you last week about London was hit worse. I think the areas where in the United Kingdom are hit worse. Sadly, they, the areas perhaps should have a lot more stringent freedom of movement. Yeah. I don't think what's the point in shutting other parts of Britain down when the um, uh, the, the virus isn't predominant. You know what I mean? Right. So, yeah, no, I get, I get it. I mean, it's a very complicated situation for the government. Cornelius, thank you very much for your thoughts and thank you for your call, 0344 499 1000. It is a very difficult problem because, of course, every place is affected differently. But we just have to rely on what the government's asking us to do and do what they're asking us to do uh, and then see what happens next. I think that's all we can do, isn't it? So let's talk to Chris Bryant now, uh, Labour MP, of course, for the Ronda. Uh, he's going to be uh, talking in Parliament today because there is a debate around the coronavirus bill uh, in which the government is going to grant itself basically a series of measures. Chris, I think, is not entirely sure that this is a good thing. Chris, a very good morning to you. Good morning. Well, I'm I'm convinced that they need some of these powers. Right. I mean, you know, everybody's saying, you know, it's good now that they've closed the pubs and restaurants. Funnily enough, they can only do that because of the 1984 Public Health Act. Um, and they um, they can't just, you know, we don't live in a dictatorship. They can't just make these things up off the top of their head. Right. Um, so I think they, do, they will need powers, for instance, around um, sectioning people for um, um, mental health concerns. They will need powers around isolating people who refuse to be isolated yeah. and so on. So I'm not bothered about that. But what I do, do think is that the government should have to come back to Parliament on a fairly regular basis. You can't just have them sitting on, uh, you know, on these powers for two full years. No, quite. So I understand that one of the things that, that you and some colleagues have managed to do is to get them to renew these powers every six months. Yes, I would have preferred it to be a bit shorter. I would have preferred it to be three months, but um, uh, six months is better than two years. 
Well, it is, isn't it? And I mean, as far as the way that Parliament has addressed all of these problems, I mean, it's been difficult for everyone. It's just as difficult, I guess, for you. I saw Prime Minister's questions was was kind of cut back in terms of the populace of, of the House of Commons. Is that same rule going to work today? So if you've got a question that you've, you've been granted that you can ask, you'll, you'll be in there, but otherwise you won't. I think, I think a lot of MPs will not be here today because we are socially distancing and we're trying to do everything. You know, we don't want to send out the wrong message from, um, from Parliament um, where at a time when so many people are completely flouting um, the, the clear advice that has been given. I mean, I went for a run on Friday evening in the Ronda and as I was running back to my home, um, there were like three or four pubs where there were at least 30, 40 people in there. Um, and three women standing outside having a smoke mm. uh, who looked um, in the vulnerable group to me, certainly over 70, right. and they were all shouting, well, we've got to have something in our lives, Chris. And I was thinking, yes, but it's not just about your life. You know, people are being utterly selfish here. They kind of seem to think, well, it's, I don't matter mind what yeah. happens to me, but we're all in this together. It's, it's a bit of a socialist thing, really. We achieve far more by our common endeavour than we do by going it alone. Well, in tr indeed, and I think a lot of people are beginning to recognise that, which is which is no bad thing. Um, I was slightly concerned about all of the people I saw wandering about Hampstead Heath yesterday. I went out for a drive just to sort of see what was going on. Also, uh, we saw on social media what Richmond Park looked like, where there was hundreds of yep. people cycling. You know, it's just almost as if they think they're superhuman or something. Well, and there's a bit of sort of rebellious spirit in people. Uh, you know, traditionally, British people haven't really liked it when governments tell them what to do. I think there's been a bit of mixed messaging from the government, though, because this whole concept of social distancing, nobody, yeah. you know, that's quite a complex idea. And much simpler is stay at home. Yes, Only I think that's right. Once a week. But you know, is there like any, do you buy this, this theory that Boris Johnson is kind of reluctant in a way to, um, uh, to, to tell people what to do because he's a libertarian? I'm not sure I buy that. I think they're just trying to do things in an orderly fashion so that, you know, because if, if, if I'd been told three weeks ago you have to stay at home, I would have gone, what are you talking about? Have you gone mad? You know, whereas now I'm kind of willing to do it. Yeah, maybe, maybe you're right, but... I think some, look, I'm, I'm not in the business of um, chucking blame around. I don't think that's going to help anybody. Um, but there's one thing I think, you know, we said from the very beginning on the Labour benches to the government, you're going to have to put some, it's all very well giving loans to businesses, but you're going to have to do something for employees yes. because otherwise they're going to, you know, they're, they're going to make bad decisions because they've got to stay in work, otherwise they're not going to get paid. Right. They've done that, but now they've got to do something about the self-employed, about loan, about sole traders and... Um, freelancers, because otherwise they're in exactly the, the, the same problems as everybody else. Yes. So I think they should they should put in place today exactly what Norway has done, which is 80% of um, your salary um, uh, averaged over the last three years, which obviously the tax people know, mm. um, uh, self-employed people should get that as well. They, they should get the same kind of protection as employees are getting. Yes, and I don't know whether you know the answer to this question, but I was talking, I've been talking to some people in hospitality, obviously, and, and they're very much affected by what is going on. But what I don't know is whether, if, if you're going to be paying the 80% to your employees, whether they be freelancers or, you know, gig economy type yeah. people, does that money go straight to the employer and then they distribute it out or does it go to the individuals? Well, I think if you, I hope if they're going to do a package for, um, for the self-employed, then that will go directly to the individual. Yeah. Um, the other um, salaries, as I understand it, it goes to the business and the business then pays the individuals. But they are required to prove, to prove that they're paying them hmm. after the £2,500 a month. Now, uh, and it's backdated to the 1st of March. So I think there will be some companies who are effectively putting people on furlough 
um, uh, but um, but we'll you know still be paying them. Right. And do you think that we will see a lockdown of London this week? Because that's what we're sort of being told is is likely to be the next move. Well, I mean, just as a for instance, it seems bizarre to me that hairdressers are still open. Well, I mean, you know, I was thinking that today, you know, because I, I timed my last haircut very badly and I'm worried I'm going to start looking like Robinson Crusoe by the end of this. Yeah, I think all <laughs> of us will. Um, we, we might be developing new hairstyles and that might be the next comedy moment. Incidentally, can I just make a plug? So, uh, I, I set up a thing called Good Evening Ronza okay. um, yesterday, um, which is just a bit of light entertainment for people. Every evening I'm putting something up on Facebook, on Twitter, which is a poem or a piece of prose read okay. by people. So the first one last night was Matt Lucas. Uh, it's very funny. Um, have a look at that. Kay Burley's tonight. We've got Sam West, the actor, right. uh, tomorrow night. Um, when are you getting Fred, me on? Um, uh, well, um, you should, <laughs> if you find me on, on Twitter, Ron yeah. Bryant, send me a message and I'll send you the details and we'll get you on. I will. And also I shall reciprocate because we've decided this week we're going to start um, a kind of home education section of the show. Uh, whereby we help parents who are struggling to kind of homeschool their kids because not everybody knows how to do that. Um, and we're going to try and get interesting people on to talk to them about certain you know, I don't know, pet projects or, or things that you want yeah, to yeah. explain to people or areas of expertise, you know, things, for example, we've just been asked to do something on photosynthesis um, on plants, you know, that kind yeah, of thing. I, so I'm not very good at that bit. I, I wasn't, well, I I wasn't going to ask you for that. I remember doing it in biology. <laughs> yeah, we're hoping to get maybe somebody a bit more expert in that. But, but you know, but we'll, we'll be in touch <laughs> and we want you, because you know, if there's anything cool. that you've got a sort of pet subject that you can talk about, I think that would be interesting for people. I can do chunks of Shakespeare. Bar can you? Of Shakespeare well, let's get you yeah. on to do Shakespeare. I'll, I'll talk to Marta when, when we're finished and we'll get you on to do cool. a bit of Shakespeare. Because I think this is, this is where um, I like to see good things happening out of these situations. And I think there's plenty of opportunity for that. You know, there's plenty of people, you know, whining and groaning on Twitter about, you know, the things that are not going well. But, you know, I think this is an opportunity for us to actually expand our minds, right? Who knew that this country had so many armchair experts on coronavirus, eh? Well, they've all, they've all moved off their previous pet subject, which was uh, World Trade Organisations yep. and the rules on how World Trade worked. <laughs> I'm quite um, pleased to announce that I'm not an expert on everything. No, well, me um, too. <laughs> uh, no, I think it's an important point, though I, I suspect that all of this will shine a very sharp light into some parts of the way we organise our society, just like the fact that we in the UK and in Germany and in the United States of America have a tiny number of intensive care beds compared yeah. to Germany and other countries. And, you know, we're going to have to look at that for the future. We've always been very proud of our NHS, but maybe we just need to go, you know what, you know, many more people are going to need to train to be doctors in the yeah. future. Uh, this may not be the last pandemic we face. Well, I mean, I know personally of people, I've been speak to, speaking to people who've, who've been working in the airline industry who've now been told basically they're not going to have any jobs for a while, so they've all gone off to go and volunteer or to be paid to, to answer the phones at 111. So, I mean, you know, there's more yeah. people out there that could, you know, that taxi drivers could ferry people around. You know, there's lots of different yeah. ways people can help. Yeah, and we've, we, so my local council set up a volunteering um, hub as well. I'm glad that council's doing it because you do, 
I, I'm worried about crooks and, and yes. shysters, you know, turning up, up on people's doors when people are vulnerable. Mm. Um, so you need to make sure that all of this is done properly. Um, so I'm glad that my council's doing that. Yeah, good. Well, thank you, Chris. And uh, we'll talk soon uh, on, on both counts, as various, the, the helping Rhonda uh, and helping people who are teaching their kids at home as well. Chris Bryant there, uh, who is a Labour MP for uh, Rhonda in the south uh, of Wales there. Across the UK, online and on DAB, the Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. If you enjoyed that, be sure to catch the whole show 10 to 1, Monday to Friday, on Talk Radio via DAB online or via the Talk Radio app. And if you have an opinion on the stories we cover, we'd love to hear from you. Call us on 0344 499 1000 or tweet at Talk Radio during the show to have your say. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio.